Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get AutoZone. Restrictions apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try out a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by BetRivers. What's going on, fine citizens? Happy Manic Monday. Hope everybody had a wonderful, happy, and healthy Christmas holiday you know, I might be Jewish and, and celebrate Hanukkah, but I absolutely love Christmas. And I put this on social media. And I'm sure a lot of you do the same, uh, whatever your religion is. I watch the, the Christmas Eve Mass from the Vatican, from the, the Basilica, every year. I mean, literally most of my life I've watched it, even starting when I was a young kid. Because I remember I would get really excited on Christmas Eve and... I didn't want to go to bed, and that was what was on TV back then. Now there's obviously a million channels and streaming services and all that kind of stuff. But it just uh, is such a beautiful ceremony, and you know the, the Pope's message and, and the message is to really just be uh, filled with togetherness and love, and you know setting great feelings and tidings and vibes to the, the healthy and the sick, and that it just makes me feel like we're all kind of unified and together. When we know, obviously, the last couple of years have been very tough and, you know, many people have died. Uh, a lot of people have gotten very sick, people that I know personally, people that I don't know that well personally, people that I know who had friends that have died because c- of COVID. And 
that was just, it's always a special, special night. So I hope that everyone's holiday went phenomenal and you got a, a great chance to spend time with your, you know, parents or your siblings, uh, you know, or great friends as, as I was able to do over the, the weekend. And of course we had some, you know, sports action again too. We didn't have much on Christmas Eve because the bowl game got canceled, the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, but obviously some crazy NFL stuff over the weekend. And we'll get into what happened with the Lions and Atlanta uh, in Hotlanta in just a bit. And uh, talk, of course, about Michigan and Georgia and Michigan State. And Pittsburgh are about to play in the Peach Bowl in a few days. And I am about to take Miami. The Squatch is taking Miami tomorrow. We'll get some live action, some live shows for you uh, coming from Miami uh, throughout the week. I, I can't wait to be down there. First off, because right here in Michigan, it's snowing. And it's going to be in the 20s. And tomorrow when I get to Miami, it's going to be 80 degrees and sunny. So we're going to have a lot of fun on South Beach and, and hopefully see a Michigan win to get to the national championship game. And just, you know, a side note and something I'm very grateful about, but if Michigan does win, I already have a ticket for Indy. Tickets are a little out of control as far as how much they are face value, but it's a national championship game. And, I, you know, you can't put a price on that. So if Michigan wins... We'll be doing some shows from Indy like we did for the Big Ten title game as well. But let's take a trip to the Motown betting window. And by the way, before we do that, I have, as I mentioned, I'm picking every bowl game. We've unfortunately had a few cancellations. So I don't want to say that's hurting or helping the record. But I like, you know, having as many bowl games played as possible. But after an 8-2 and two start, we lost a few in a row. We're back on the winning track. 11-6. and six is where we're at right now with all the bowl games. we got a ton of games on Tuesday. We'll pick those on the, the terrific Tuesday show. But 11-6 coming off a few uh, wins in a row here, uh, especially that great Georgia State blowout. And then Western Michigan was an easy win earlier on Monday. An 11 a.m. start here for Detroit at the Quick Lane Bowl at Ford Field. But let's take that trip to the Motor City betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And we'll start with the NCAA title odds. Same for Alabama's, it's been for the last week plus, plus 115. Same for Georgia's, it's been for the last week plus, plus 140. Michigan, though, Michigan is up to 7-1. to one. Not a huge move. We've seen them as low as 5-1 to one in certain places, but 6.5-1 to one is where they've been at at Bet Rivers for the majority of the last 10 days, and now we're seeing them at 7-1. to one. And part of that is Cincinnati's move, down from 20 to 1, where they were at for the entire time until middle of last week. Now they're down to 17 to 1. So there are your uh, futures odds to win the national title. As, as you know, if you listen to this show, I made a fun bet on Michigan to win it all after the Indiana game, which was a few weeks before Ohio State, and they were 50 to 1. 50 to 1 to win it all. So I threw a little pony on it, a little $50 pony. And uh, that would win 2,500. Well, Michigan obviously is now seven to one, and they've been as low as five to one. So, I'm, I obviously I don't even care about that money. I just want Michigan to win. I would give up that money if Michigan wins the national title. But if Michigan can beat Georgia, I'm going to be in a hedge situation either with an Alabama team that would be favored over Michigan or a Cincinnati team that would be a big underdog against Michigan. So I'd have a great hedge scenario with Cincinnati, and I still could hedge. Money line action with Alabama not to win as much, of course, but I still would lock myself into a, a decent profit on 50 bucks, no matter what. That way, if Michigan lost the national title game, I would still have some cash coming my way. But uh, boy, if they get there, why not them? Why not the Wolverines? Let's take a look 
at the latest lines on Michigan State and Pittsburgh in the Peach Bowl. And of course, Michigan and Georgia in the national final at the Orange Bowl. Michigan State back to a two and a half point favorite. They had flirted with two for a couple days over the holiday, but now they're back to two and a half at Bet Rivers, minus 112. Pittsburgh plus two and a half, minus 109. Of course, no Kenny Walker for the, uh, the Michigan State Spartans, and no Kenny Pickett fence for Pittsburgh. The Michigan State money line. Minus 134, Pittsburgh plus 110, and the total up a half point uh, to 56, the over minus 112. There has been some steam with some sharp money on the over, the under 56, minus 109. And Georgia and Michigan, this line is ping-pong between 8 and 7.5 and for the last week or so, and it's back to 7.5 today. Georgia minus 7.5, minus 107. The Wolverines getting that 7 and a hook Minus 114. Moneyline Georgia down a little bit. Minus 315 for the Bulldogs. And the Wolverines plus 235. The total is right where I've told you I still like it. I like anything up to 45. It is over 44.5 minus 109. Under 44.5 minus 112. We're going to get a little more into the Michigan-Georgia game later in the show. But as as I've told you throughout the last couple of weeks, I think this game is going to be in the 20s. You know, 24, 23, 24, 22, 27, 25, that type of game. I think there is tremendous value on the over in this game. And I'm not, as you know, I'm not a huge totals guy, but there's definitely value in certain totals. And I just look at this game right now and say, if both these teams play the way that they do and have the majority of the year, they're going to score in the 20s. They will get rushing touchdowns. They will be able to get some stuff through the air. There could be a, you know, a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown by either team's defense. I think it's going to be a real close game going late into it. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, Michigan, of course, plus the 7.5 is the play there. And in the over, 44.5 right now. I'll, I'll take it up to 45. I got it at 43, 43.5. But I like it as, as, as much up to 45 to go over that total in the Georgia and Michigan game. And how about those Detroit Lions? Yes, they probably should have gone for it on fourth down. And we'll get into that in a minute, too. And not kick the field goal. But whatever. This is a team that is trying to figure out who they are. And as we've discussed, this year is not about wins and losses. It's about identifying the guys, the players, obviously Dan Campbell and his coaching staff uh, that are going to be here through this rebuild. How about Eric Glenn? He seems like he's a legitimate defensive coordinator. He's going to be a head coach someday. And it sure also looks like Anthony Lynn might not be the offensive coordinator much longer. Uh, but yeah, Dan Campbell still makes some wacky decisions, but this team is playing its asses off. Atlanta stinks, so it's not like the, the Lions played good against like the Green Bay Packers. Uh, or the Rams or something like that. But you look at the Lions against Atlanta yesterday on, on Sunday afternoon and, you know, the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown and Craig Reynolds and, and just, you know, the way this team is hanging in with such a lack of talent and lack of depth and lack of weapons. I've been impressed. Like it says a lot about Dan Campbell. We'll get the new Dan Campbell approval numbers uh, tomorrow, on tomorrow's show. And he's already back into the 80% range. At one point, it was 87% after uh, the win over Arizona uh, in the latest poll. So we'll get to that uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's show. You can vote on that poll, of course, each and every week at Dan Leach 97.1 on Twitter. But the Lions will be in Seattle this coming Sunday at 425 Eastern. The Seahawks are a seven-point favorite off their absurd last-second loss at home to the Bears yesterday. I mean, wow. I know my producer, Stephen Jung, he was really jumping up and down in disgust because he wants the Bears to, you know, lose as much as they can to get rid of Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy actually came out 
uh, earlier today and said he expects to be the Bears coach, head coach for the last two games, but I think he's out. Uh, but the Seahawks, yep, they're they're out of the playoffs too, but Russell Wilson's back and playing much better, but that was an inexcusable loss. They had that game in hand uh, and let the Bears win it with a two-point conversion. So Seattle, they are minus 7, minus 108 right now at Bet Rivers. The Lions, plus 7, minus 113. And the early feel on the line for me is, once again, I think the Lions, uh, the Lions are one of the better covered teams in the NFL this year. And I think that's, you know, I, I'm going to take the touchdown. Very small play. I mean, it's not like I'm taking the Lions because I think they're a great value bet because they're a good team right now. But the, the numbers bear out, and the Lions are probably going to lose the game by three or four points the way they have many games this year. So it's not like Seattle's, you know, balling out or anything right now. But I like the Lions early feel, plus seven. Not a big play at all. Money line Seahawks minus 295. Lions plus 230. The total 42 over under minus 110. No feel on the total. I think that actually could be, you know, like a 17-13 game or a, a 20-17 to type game. Uh, so it feels like a possible under, but we'll get further into that as we go throughout this week there. But right now, uh, the Lions, seven-point dogs at Bet Rivers. Week 17, not the final week of the regular season. Not anymore with a 17-game schedule. We got week 18 coming up next week. And the Lions play the Packers. Packers could be resting their starters. It could be the Lions locking themselves into not getting the overall number one pick. And of course, the Lions beat Seattle. That would definitely do the same thing with that as well. All right, it's a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. And coming right up, we'll talk about the Lions and Falcons, Michigan and Georgia and the Spartans and Pittsburgh in the Peach Bowl all here on the Detroit City Cast on this great and beautiful, snowy, Manic Monday. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. Well, Lions once again in a game yesterday, uh, you know, that they could have won. I don't want to say should have won. I mean, this is all about uh, this team just kind of getting through this season and continuing to have Brad Holmes, who I think won the offseason, build this team to hopefully a contender in the next few years, a long-term viable contender. That is the goal. That is what it's all about right now for the, this Lions franchise, which is obviously in the midst of a full rebuild for the first time in, in a while. I mean, you could say maybe the last time they rebuilt was when they went 0-16 because for, and drafted Matt Stafford for the last, you know, decade plus, especially with Stafford, this team was always, you know, basically in the range to be able to make the playoffs and, you know, the Matt Patricia era notwithstanding, and, and you still thought that this team was kind of in a, you know, maybe rebuild on the fly with Bob Quinn when they got rid of Jim Caldwell, which the Lions should not have done. Uh, they still were capable with some of their talent level to be a you know, contender for the division or the, the, at least the wild card. And, uh, of course, under Matt Patricia, that did not happen. But you look at what happened yesterday in Atlanta, and I know people are going to, you know, harp on Dan Campbell kicking the field goal late, not going for it on fourth down. Lions did get the ball back on that fumble recovery. Had a chance, and Tim Boyle, of course, the backup, threw the interception in the end zone. 
But it just, and listen, Atlanta's a bad team, but Atlanta came in with six wins. It's not like Atlanta is the same level as the Lions, wins and losses-wise. The, the Falcons have actually won some nice games this year and have Matt Ryan, a solid, proven quarterback, and have, you know, they, they don't, of course, they, they lost Calvin Ridley to personal issues, but they've got some talent with Kyle Pitts and Davis and other pieces on the defense as well. The Lions, uh, once again, though, this is what we've seen all season long. They have fought their asses off in games where they are completely outmanned and have a lack of depth and have tons of injuries. Remember, no Hawkinson, no DeAndre Swift, their backup quarterback. I mean, this is a team that just continues to find a way to hang in games. And, and once again, I'm not trying to compare the Falcons to, let's say, the Cardinals or Green Bay or the Ravens, who the Lions you know, either beat or, or were, should have beaten earlier this year, hung in games with them. But this is still a game on the road. It's a Week 16 game. The Lions are a two-win team, and they still fought their asses off. And I thought Tim Boyle, for all, you know, he's not going to be anything of note for the Lions in the future, but he had a decent game, you know, threw for a buck 87, 24-34. Did have a touchdown pass, that beautiful pass. Tom Ross St. Brown did have one uh, interception, but a quarterback rating, uh, you know, of 81.4. It's not great, but it, it wasn't terrible. And, you know, this is a guy that's getting his first start. I mean, or, or you know, one of his rare starts uh, of his career. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams coming back off the COVID IR list, had almost 100 yards rushing. He had 77. Craig Reynolds had a bunch of, uh, of carries, not a lot of yards. Uh, but he, you know, is still a guy that, you know, has kind of come out of nowhere for this team. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, who we talked about in the open. This is a kid, the, the draft pick this year, the rookie, uh, you know, that is going to be out of USC, the, the fourth-round pick for the Lions. I think he's going to be the slot receiver for years for this team. And boy, was that touchdown he was able to get from Tim Boyle. You know, it looked like he was going to be stopped short of the goal line. He just effort fought his way in. And I love what I'm seeing from him. I love what I'm seeing from the scrap heap player, Josh Reynolds, who had a couple of nice catches, uh, you know, one for 18 yards or 23 yards uh, from Tim Boyle. And and the defense. I mean, when you look at what the Lions have been able to do, guys like Jalen Rees-Maven and Will Harris and Charles Harris, who could, I mean, theoretically get to double-digit sacks, almost was a forgotten man. Coaches around the country are, are you know, asking uh, Aaron Glenn, what did you do? How did you, what did you do with Charles Harris, who kind of had, you know, gone very inconsistent and not, I don't want to say fallen off the map, but if people don't realize this, Charles Harris, who the Lions got in a, I don't want to say in a weird situation, but this was a guy that was drafted by Miami, overall number 22. And then the Dolphins traded him in 2020, to Atlanta for a seventh-round pick. And then the next day, the Falcons declined the fifth-year option on his contract. He became a free agent, and the Lions signed him in March. And this is a guy who almost has, I think it's, what is it, seven and a half sacks this season. So these kind of things are exactly what a team like the Lions needs to do. And yes, there there are questions about Dan Campbell. Can he be the guy? Can he be the right coach? We still have no way of knowing that. There's no way, even after one full season, you can know that with the Lions' inefficiencies in multiple positions, whether it's skill players, whether it's been the, the, the heap of injuries they've had, whether it's been the fact that Jared Goff is obviously not Matthew Stafford. There's a million different reasons that you need at least two years to evaluate what Dan Campbell is as a head coach. And I've said this a lot in, in public and I've said it on social media, and some people have disagreed with this, where I've said, listen, Dan Campbell has made some boneheaded mistakes and some bad judgment calls, but if he can learn from them and not make those again in big situations, 
that that's how you become a good head coach. Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, Don Shula, all early in their career, I, I know made some stupid decisions. And people would say to me, not this was the majority of people, but a lot of you have been saying to me, well, if you can't, if you make bad decisions early on, you're not going to make, you know, good ones later on. You're not, you, you can't really change that. I disagree with that. I mean, of course, as a human being, whatever you do in your line of work, whether it's me in broadcasting or you as a doctor, or, well, actually, I hope you're not making a lot of mistakes early on as a doctor, but you know what my point is. If maybe you work as in the law profession or you work in a factory or you, you know, uh, you work as, as a chef, you telling me learning on your way up, you never made mistakes? And then, you know, let's say for the chef example, you started as a sous chef or a line cook, whatever it was, and you worked your way up to be an executive chef. You don't think you ever made mistakes on your way up and then became the best version of yourself and became this great, you know, head chef or executive chef. That's what Dan Campbell needs to do. And those of you that think, oh, if he's making bad decisions now, he'll never be able to change that. Why not? It's his first ever year as a full head coach. He was an interim in Miami, but it wasn't his team. He was just the interim coach. Yeah, he was in charge. This is his team. Five-plus-year deal. Time for him to, you know, be in charge of a franchise as far as the head coach position. And I think, yeah, Anthony Lynn leaves a lot to be desired. We'll see what happens with him going forward. But whether it's the Antoine Randall-Ells or, of course, Aaron Glenn as a, as a the defensive coordinator... I think the decisions that Dan Campbell has made to put together a staff, which in the NFL is the most important thing. I mean, think about guys like Jim Schwartz and, and Marinelli and Morningwag for Lions examples. Those guys were better as coordinators. It's a much different scenario when you jump up and become the head coach. You're in charge of all three phases. And a lot of that is being able to delegate on top of being able to make the biggest decisions in the biggest moments, when to go for it on fourth down, when to kick field goals or not, you know, or go for it in touchdowns. All those different things, it's a lot different when you're a head coach. Some guys are better as just coordinators. Dan Campbell, to me, seems like he's going to be the kind of guy that could be a great head coach because he does, he is able to delegate the right way. And I think that the kind of, you know, melding of the minds or meaning of the minds he's putting together with these coordinators and, and position coaches, so far I like it. And if you, case in point, look what the Lions have done the majority of the season, completely outmatched and outgunned and undermanned and, you know, tons of injuries and all the lack of depth stuff. They've hung in the majority of games. Yeah, they're a 2-11-1 team. I get it. They're not good, but should have beaten the Ravens. Rocked Arizona in a game that mattered a ton to Arizona. Had the lead in Green Bay at halftime on the road to Monday Night Football. Almost came back against the 49ers, who obviously at that point of the season were playing the kind of football they are now late in the season. But, you know, uh, bad loss to Tennessee, by the way. Garoppolo, too many mistakes. So I really like what I'm seeing when it comes to Dan Campbell and what he's trying to put together. It's going to take at least another full season to identify what kind of a coach I think he can become and, and can be. And anyone that thinks that, you know, that he should be fired after this season is being ridiculous. This season was never about trying to be a playoff contender. It was never about trying to win seven, eight, nine games. It was always about seeing what the Lions had, seeing what this coaching staff had, seeing how they responded to Dan Campbell, seeing what Dan Campbell could do in big moments. Yeah, he loves going for it on, on seemingly every fourth down. I mean, I'm using a little hyperbole here. But the moxie this guy has, the moxie the team plays with, the passion, the connectivity that it seems that the team has with Dan Campbell. Uh, I love it. 
And, and this is if Dan Campbell ends up being the right coach. And, and we, it's a big if right now, but if, if he does, along with Brad Holmes building this team, dare I say this, the Lions might actually have a period of time where they become a legitimate Super Bowl contender. We have not seen that since the early 90s, and then it went away after Wade Fonts, and then it was, you know, herky-jerky, good for two years, bad for three, good for one, bad for four, good for three, bad for four. It was just all this nonsense. And that's what you have to have. You want to become the Ravens, like they've been for almost two decades, and the Steelers, and the Packers, and the Niners of the 90s, and early 2000s, and teams that are not just good here and there. They are consistently long-term viable contenders for both playoff spots, division titles, and dare I say it, Super Bowls. I know the Lions have never been to one, but that's what it's all about, building to a crescendo and keeping that long-term contention viability. And that's what you have to hope Dan Campbell is able to be part of, and we'll see that going forward. All right, uh, we will get into Michigan State and Pittsburgh in their bowl game, the Peach Bowl, against the Pittsburgh Panthers and Michigan, Georgia, as we are less than a week away from the college football playoff semifinals. I will be there. I leave tomorrow on Tuesday. Cannot wait. Get into that coming right up. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. Peach Bowl. It's coming up December 30th, Thursday uh, night from Atlanta, the Mercedes Benz Dome. And, you know, this game lost a lot of its luster. We've you, we discussed how, for me, and I know that some of you disagree with this, I understand like the Quick Lane Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl or the Hawaii Bowl aren't even in the same realm as what the playoffs are or even the New Year's Six. And some will say even the New Year's Six Bowls don't really matter. I think bowl games should matter. I understand they're not going to, with the playoff now and eventually hopefully an 18 playoff or beyond, that those are the games that are only the ones that really matter. But think about my alma mater, Eastern Michigan, where they're able to go to their first bowl games in 30-plus years under Chris Creighton going back, what is it, five years ago now. And, you know, teams like UTSA that have only been to a couple bowl games before, Miami of Ohio, those guys fight hard all year. You know, they go to camp. They play these teams that they're overmatched against. They try to win their, their conference titles, the MAC or the Sun Belt or whatever it is. And they get the great, you know, experience of going to, like, you know, Disney World for a week or, you know, going to Biloxi or, you know, going out to California, wherever it is, the Sun Bowl, which, of course, is having issues right now finding an opponent. Um I, I think those games matter. I mean, yes, they're not even close to as important as the big, you know, playoff games. And then, like I said, the New Year's Six games. But it's it's frustrating to see people just not care about bowl games anymore. And I know some will say, my, my dad says this, oh, there's too many, 43 bowl games. But, you know, the, the trend of uh, players opting out is not going anywhere. It's probably only going to get worse. I'm not mad at Kenny Pickett. I'm not mad at Kenny Walker. I completely understand why both of them are opting out. They're the two best players in this game. The you know the, the best player for each of their respective teams, the Spartans and the Panthers, and they want to not injure themselves like Jake Butt, a fellow you know a Wolverine who I'm a fan of. 
you know, almost basically ruined his chance of being an NFL player, getting himself hurt in that in, in that New Year's Six Bowl. So, yeah, I understand. I totally get it. I'm not mad at the players. I just wish that more of these kids, you know, the school is the one that made them. I know they help make money for the school too. I get they have, you know, the NIL money now. At least that's changed. But it's like, if it was me, I know that I'd have my agent in my ear saying, you know, don't risk injury. You could be top 15 or, you know, in the second round if you were originally going to be in the fifth round or whatever it is. And then I would have my heart saying, okay, if I'm one of the key members of this team, I've fought hard with my brothers and, you know, for years now, whether it's you've been there for three years or four years or, you know, maybe you had a red shirt year, you've been there for five years. And I want to be not just on the sidelines, I want to play and win this game. But I get, you know, it's like trying to get upset with a, a, a kid not wanting to go to play college basketball first and going right when it's allowed from high school to the NBA. How can you hate on a kid for going one and done, you know, until they change the rule? How can you hate on a kid for that? Going from, you know, maybe some of them in poverty to being multimillionaires. I'm not going to get mad about that. I just love sports and I love the, I, I played myself. I never played at that high of a level, but I played in some decent situations when I was in high school uh, as far as like, you know, championship rounds and, you know, I ran cross country and played tennis and played basketball and playoff type stuff. And I, I just loved every moment of that. But I completely understand why Kenny Pickett and Walker are out. And this is a much different looking game. Michigan State currently a two and a half point favorite uh, as this game was off on Thursday. Kenny Pickett is out. Nick Patty is in. And here's the numbers on Nick Patty, who is the main understudy, if you want to call it that, uh, for Kenny Pickett this year. 12 completions on 14 attempts for 140 yards. Quarterback rating of 169.7, but it doesn't even matter. No touchdowns, no picks. It was all mop-up duty. Kenny Pickett played 99% of the season. So completely unproven. And Pittsburgh tries to win their uh, 12th game for uh, a rare time in their 117-year history. Then Michigan State, you know, on the other side of the ledger is a team that in year number two for Mel Tucker, the long extended deal that Mel Tucker, the 10-year deal that Mel Tucker got, uh, you know, going 2-0 against Michigan in his first two years. They're trying to win an 11th game. You know, they've got a team that really, aside from their, uh, you know, disgusting loss to Ohio State, and then, of course, what happened to them uh, in what many people thought was a shock at Purdue, even though I, I told you Purdue was going to win that game, we took the points in that one as well. Uh, they've had an incredible season, and I know that Mel Tucker and those guys want to end their way you know, their year on a high note in Atlanta, the Peach Bowl. So this is going to be, I think Michigan State clearly should be the favorite. I do not have any play on this game at all as far as the betting angles go. I, I think that this is a game you want to maybe live bet. Maybe Pittsburgh goes up 14 nothing under Patty's leadership and you can live bet the Spartans or maybe Michigan State goes up big and you get Pittsburgh plus like 17-20. to 20. That's kind of what I'm going to do with this game because I don't really have trust when you're missing the two best players in this game, but mainly because of Kenny Pickett. I mean, I think Peyton Thorne on the Michigan State side, they're going to be much steadier. But, you know, when you lose Kenny Pickett, it's like losing Lamar Jackson or losing Aaron Rodgers or losing Matthew Stafford for the Rams or losing Kyler Murray. I guess maybe that wouldn't be a problem this year. Just kidding. For the Cardinals. Uh, well, Colt McCoy has still won a couple games. But you know what my point is. It's like, you know, there's war in baseball, wins of replacement. The difference between starting quarterbacks, and not even all starting quarterbacks, like just maybe the, the top 20 and their backups, and then the other 11 or 12 quarterbacks that start, is precipitous. So it should be a fun game. I know a lot of my Spartan friends are excited. I, of course, will be watching it from South Beach. But no play on this game for me. I think Michigan State is going to win. I think the loss of Kenny Pickett will be too much for Pittsburgh to recover from. But 
you know, if if you're a Spartan fan and you've maybe started looking into what Pittsburgh's able to do or has done this season, or you're someone that knows a lot about the, the Pitt Panthers, they are really good. And yes, losing Pickett is is going to kill them as far as just the abilities of what, what Pickett's able to do. But they've got two solid running backs in Abinakanda and, uh, and Davis. They've got a really solid defense. They've got a great receiver in Jordan Addison, who had almost 1,500 receiving yards and 17, that's right, 17 touchdowns. They've got a solid kicker uh, who has been pretty solid all season long in Skirton. So uh, I think that you've got the makings of this game possibly being close, but something is just telling me that Michigan State could run away with this thing if Nick Patty, the backup now to Kenny Pickett, makes some early mistakes, maybe a pick six, maybe a you know interception in, in the red zone, or Michigan State takes over in, the, in their own red zone, the Pittsburgh red zone. That's why I'm, I'm staying away from the game. But I think that you know this is the kind of situation we're going to see a lot in the future where some of the top-tier stars are not going to be in these lower bowl games, you know, aside from the playoffs. And this is a near six game, and you got the two top players sitting on. Michigan did it, uh, you know, a couple years ago when they went to the, the near six. So it's just the the way we're at right now in, in modern college football. And I guess when we get to that 18 playoff, it'll be a little different because obviously all four of those games will 100% matter. So there won't be any issues of players sitting out of those. And then, you know, we'll still have the New Year's Six or whatever they end up doing with that and the other bowl games as well. But this is the, this is the you know, the world we're living in right now. Let's just hope. Let's hope beyond hope that no more of these bowl games get canceled. Uh, and as we get into Michigan and Georgia here, and I, as I mentioned, I'll be leaving tomorrow, going to South Beach. You know, Georgia in a COVID hotspot. I mean, so obviously the Wolverines, when you look at what um, Miami and, and Florida in general is, it's one of the worst periods of time that Florida has gone through since the pandemic started. But so you look at, you know, Georgia who are in Miami and they, you know, Michigan got boosted as a team in the last week or so. They're in Miami is the the Bulldogs and just trying to stay as far away as they can from having an outbreak and keeping things really buttoned up. And that means they won't be able to go and do a lot of the things that these, these bowl games offer, especially, I mean, this is more of a business trip for Michigan and Georgia and obviously Alabama and Cincinnati. Um, but they're not going to be able to do as many things and go out in public as much unless they're just with themselves in their bubble than they would be in normal situations. So that's going to be interesting, and different teams can handle that in different ways. Uh, but let's just for you know, let's just hope beyond hope that there is no COVID outbreak on any of these playoff teams, because as you know, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you right now, it's official that there will be no postponements. If a team cannot play for a COVID outbreak, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Bama, whether it's Cincinnati or Michigan, they will have to forfeit. And that, I mean, imagine I go down to Miami, I'm fired up for the game, you know, and a lot of you are going to be going down as well. Or if you're a Bama fan or a Cincinnati fan or a Georgia fan, you go down and the game gets canceled and a team wins by forfeit. That, that would suck. So let's hope there are no COVID outbreaks. These teams are careful and uh, things are good going forward. And when it comes to Michigan and Georgia, as we've talked about this game, uh, you know, throughout the last few weeks, these teams are mirrors of each other in many ways. Both have two solid, you know, running backs. Both have really good, aggressive defenses. I think Michigan has the best defensive player, of course, in Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you know, we'll see if JT Daniels, I was talking to my good friend uh, that is a big Georgia fan yesterday, and 
you know, he thinks that Georgia has a better chance with JT Daniels starting. But remember, JT Daniels in COVID protocol, and hopefully we'll be able to get out of that. Stetson Bennett has left a lot to be desired, especially against Alabama, but he's, of course, the, the main starter and has thrown for almost 2,400 yards with 24 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And then I mentioned the, the two-headed monster, obviously Michigan with Haskins and Corum. Uh, you've got White and Cook, who've combined for 17 touchdowns for Georgia, and also uh, McIntosh has uh, three touchdowns for them as well. So combined, that's 20 touchdowns with three of the running backs. They've got a solid receiver or tight end in Brock Bowers, who's got 47 receptions for almost 800 yards and 11 touchdowns. And McConkie, their, their top receiver, him and Burton both have five and four touchdowns respectively. I mean, th- these teams are very, it's, it's, a, it's a very similar on both sides. And some will say, well, Georgia has way more athletes, you know, because SEC and the Michigan does. It's not, that's not true. Michigan's had top recruiting classes for years now under Harbaugh. They just he wasn't able to coach them up. And this is this is going to be a really close game. This could come down to a final possession, a turnover here and there, a pick six here and there, uh, just a, a straight interception here and there. And of course, a lot of it's going to be on Cade keeping Michigan clean, Bennett if he's you know the, the main starter, or uh, Daniels keeping Georgia clean. And I think for the Wolverines, you know. It can't be the game plan against Ohio State. They can't ram the ball down Georgia's throat because Georgia's got that great defensive front. I think for Michigan, it's the Washington game plan where, yes, they run the ball a lot, but it's much more balanced. It's Cade throwing the ball all over the field, you know, getting it to Baldwin, getting it to uh, Donovan Edwards, and obviously Edwards running the ball himself. You know, getting the ball to Eric All, getting it to Wilson. It's... I just think that that's got to be the game plan. And with Michigan having all this extra time to put it together, you know, that's what you hopefully will see that Michigan comes out, you know, using the, the pass to set up the run. And a lot of teams use the run to set up the pass. Michigan can use that pass to set up the run and then rip the ball down Georgia's throats in certain scenarios. That, I think, is Michigan's best path, best path to victory. And as I've, I've said throughout, I think Michigan plus the 7.5 is a great bet. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a, within a score game either way. I don't think either team is going to blow up the other. And I think this is going to hinge on a few plays like some of these great playoff or national title games do. And I can't wait to be there to tell you what it's like. We'll do a post-game show, of course, after the game as well. I'll be leaving on Tuesday tomorrow to Miami out of the snow into the fun and the sun. And we'll do uh, some live stuff for Miami as well throughout the week. All right, that is going to do it for us today on the Manic Monday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars, believe in the dream. I want to wish everyone nothing but the best again for the holiday season and a happy and healthy new year. And for me, hopefully a Wolverine win in the semifinal. Till next time, we'll see you then. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, out! Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break 
and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 